0: Hey everyone, so thank you for joining us for the Aesthetic Immersion Podcast.
1: We'll be talking about all things aesthetics, fillers, threads, lasers, neurotoxin techniques, and, and even interviewing people in the aesthetic community.
0: So thanks for tuning in and we hope you enjoy.
1: Hi everybody, um, thank you for joining. Thank you for joining um, Aesthetic Immersion Live, uh, AI Live. I appreciate that. If you're joining me, me, with, tonight, me with me tonight, you know, that we have a really, really incredible foundation that we are spotlighting tonight. And it is something near and dear to my heart. It's something that I I have a passion for myself. And I think this organization is outstanding and wonderful in the way it works. But I'm going to explain them a little bit later. I want to go through a little bit of housekeeping. Um, As you can kind of see, I don't have my cohort, who's the chitty-chatty one of both of us. He's off in Tokyo. So if Gideon if you're watching, <laughs> get back home. Anyway, so I'm I'm here with you tonight, you guys. So one thing we're going to be doing. Yes, yeah, look at. He's he's not there. I'll talk to his his figment of my imagination. One thing I I want to let you guys know tonight that I really, really like is that we are going to be opening the chat box. So if you guys get on your computers and you chit chat with me, ask me some questions, I can see a TV in front of me, and I'm going to answer those for you. So that'll be kind of nice. I want to be a little bit more interactive with what we're doing tonight and with our guests so you can ask Mandy some questions too. Um, I just kind of want to go through um, a few of our housekeeping things that we normally do with aesthetic immersion. So what have I done this last month? Well, you know, you guys know, if you were with us last month, that um, I was on a trip to Croatia in September, which is amazing because we don't travel a whole lot out of the country unless we're working. So, it was awesome vacation. This last month, um, both Dr. Kwak and I did something called VI Must, and it's the is the, mer, mer, the Mint virtual um, information. It's like a, it's a whole user uh, international conference for threads and it was wonderful so an entire day that we did that we produced out of the studios here um, eight hours long of thread training and it, we had probably over a thousand people watching so if you're one of those thank you for watching and we really enjoy the company we enjoy everything the company stands for and we really enjoy using the threads and helping others learn how to do them more effectively and really do a um, good work for our patients. And that's the most thing that's, that's what's the most important for us to do is make sure our patients are happy for a long time. So that was very fun. We did that all day long and it went off without a hitch and we had fun and we were whooped and tired at the end of the night, but it was really fun. So um, we are going to kind of talk to you tonight. I'm going to talk to you tonight about about our topic, our web, our topic as far as, as far as um, tonight's topic, and it is a company, an organization called Face Forward International, and Face Forward has different um, parts all over the world. Um, There is a chapter here in Los Angeles that we have, and uh, physicians are involved, specialty physicians give their time, and I'm going to let Mandy tell you a lot about the the company and what they do, and we are going to show you a video coming up of, um, I think it's gonna touch you. It really touched me, and it makes me wanna just jump in feet first in this organization, get involved in some way, if they can use me. But I want you to watch this video, and then we are gonna bring Mandy up, and we are going to talk about this wonderful organization. So
0: keep all eyes on the video. Face Forward is rebranding as an international non-profit.
2: Charities throughout the world are asking now for Face Forward's help. A resurgence global. We are collaborating with Face Forward. We can bring patients from Jordan, Syria. Uh, we're looking in Kurdistan now. Syria right now is probably one of the most dangerous places
0: on earth. We have a survivor by the name of Dan coming from Africa. His wife, she electrocuted him and then poured acid on him. Diane is a mother and a grandmother. She was dating someone. She had kidnapped her and then abused her. I was a happy kid, going places with my friends and going to movies. And I was 16, and I got in the car with this guy. and He took me out of some woods and knocked me unconscious. I woke up, I remember I was in the hospital. First time I looked in the mirror, my flesh and stuff was raw on my skin. I would have been burned with some type of chemical. It was hard for me to go out shopping for my son, shopping to the grocery store. I've had two or three procedures done and I see my old self coming back. I see it and other people see it.
1: Every individual who comes through Phase Forward has to make an agreement, to do something great with their life.
0: They've gone back to school, college. They are helping others and we want them to be able to stand on their own two feet. Reshma from India has written a book and is on Amazon. She's a young girl. She's in her very early 20s and for someone to do something so incredible, that's the perfect patient for Phase Forward. Reshma has walked New York Fashion Week, scars and all. Andreas is still a patient of Face Forward. He is now our UK ambassador. He just ran a marathon in April and raised Face Forward for over $10,000. Face
2: Forward is changing and transforming people's lives.
0: Face Forward is providing mental health resources, physical resources,
1: expertise, and specialists you just wouldn't find in any uh, developing country.
0: Face Forward is very life changing for uh, people like us, my mother, and my family. It changed lives. It and, 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 and uplift spirits. They're just guardian angels. It's a donation worth giving and donating to.
1: If you donate to Face Forward, you're helping sustain the organization that provides surgery, flights to surgeries,
0: accommodation, anesthesiologists, operating room, surgery materials. One case can cost Face Forward thirty, forty thousand dollars. We're helping thousands and thousands of people.
2: Deborah, as said, the CEO could be getting paid a of money. It doesn't take a penny every penny that you give is going to help these survivors i
0: do it because i was the survivor for me it's important to give back i think each and every one of us should do something we're back
1: and that video hopefully touched you um as much as it touched me i rewatched it earlier today and when i went on the website again and i just I think about those stories and it could happen to anyone. It could happen to you, it could happen to me. We we don't know what's going to be happening, you know, tomorrow. And to have an organization like this that can help people and that can help them go on with their lives and get that commitment out of them that we are going to help you if you want to help yourself. And that is That is priceless. I have chills. That is priceless. So Mandy, thank you. This is Mandy Budd. She is the Executive Director of Face Forward International. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Tell me a little bit about how how this all came about for you, how you started in Face Forward International.
2: Well, I have been with the organization now for almost eight years. Um, Face Forward was originally founded in 2007. Um, Deborah Alessi, our CEO and founder, is a survivor herself. So it sort of just became a passion project for her because she, at the time, her now ex-husband had already been giving services to help those in need of surgical care that couldn't afford it. But as a domestic violence survivor, she said, well, what happens to them after they leave you? Do they go back to their abuser? Do they have services that go beyond just surgery? What's the next step? So it sort of became the emotional support services along with the surgical services because she realized she's like you can work on the outside appearance all day long but if you don't heal the internal scars then there's really no point. So what started off as one or two patients a year in a small grassroots organization in Beverly Hills has now turned into an internationally recognized organization. Um, We have served patients from 14 countries around the world and growing. Um, We currently fly all of our patients here to the U.S. either to Los Angeles or to Dallas, which has become our newest hub for surgical care. Um, And they receive all their surgical treatments here. We cover the airfare, accommodations, transportation, the nursing aftercare, medications, everything that they need to come heal, be supported and loved through the process and to return home after having their surgical care. Um, We are further expanding on the international level um, with sites on Dubai and London as well. Um, but it's been an honor and a privilege to be a part of an organization from, and I'll say sort of the early years. It's been, you know, I came the half life of the organization in the very transitional period, um, and have watched, you know, patients go through sort of everything in life. The, you know, getting married again, having children, having grandchildren, you know, really growing what we call in our face forward family in that sense. So. Yeah, it's beautiful to be able to do the work that I do and get to be a part of the good stuff out there. Oh, for right. sure, yeah.
1: Oh, part of the giving back. Yeah. You know, and it's what a fulfilling position you're in. Yeah. What a wonderful um, position where you can see what you've done to change lives. Yeah, and absolutely. You can, you can, you know, the legacy you're leaving, mm-hmm. which n- most of us have no idea yeah. what legacy we're leaving. <laughs> that's and right. that's that's I love it. I love it. I am. Um, now, what's, what are some of the physicians, like we're here in LA, what are the, I think Dr. Taban is involved mm-hmm. here in LA, he is, Dr. Yeah. Rorick's involved in Dallas. Mm-hmm. So you've got some world-class yeah. plastic surgeons. We
2: work with some of the best in the world at what they do. And the services, it, what started off as just a, you know, the need for you know, a rhinoplasty, some nasal reconstruction, things like that. We have seen so many severe injuries and long-term patient care that we have become sort of the go-to for acid attack survivors in the world as well um, because it's a smaller-knit community and they find resources about us through other survivors who have been supported through our programs. So um, Dr. Mark Mani and Dr. Alessi have been the two primary surgeons that have worked in a lot of our acid attack cases over the years. I think we've now had a dozen different survivors um, from I think nine different countries who are all asset attack survivors, and those tend to be the much longer term care. Um, but, you know, they could be five, seven, ten years of surgical care, oh, because yeah. as long as our doctors tell us that there's something more that they can do, and our survivors are willing to continue to pay it forward. That they're being advocates. That they're using their voice to help make change. Um, we have several survivors who have started their own nonprofit groups, oh. and they're public speakers. They've written books. They've you know done TED talks. They've done all these amazing things. And as long as they're willing to keep giving and paying it forward, then our doctors are always more than willing to continue supporting them through their surgical healing as well. Oh my gosh! Yeah,
1: that is that is phenomenal tell me about um, i'm sure you know all the all of the patients that we saw probably up there on that video mm-hmm. tell me um some of the stories that touched you the most
2: i think they all kind of touched my heart in a different way um and people ask me all the time i'm like oh do you have a favorite patient i'm like that's like picking a favorite child in that sense because you get to be a part of their healing journey and you watch a survivor come into the office for the first time, some of them for the first time getting on a plane, sometimes first, yeah. you know, um, a lot of them internationally, first time ever leaving their country, first time coming to California, and L.A. is L.A. And I think I'm leaving with Um, Sorry, Thank no, thank you. That's what you're here for. <laughs> <laughs> I'll help you, girl. Um, so, you know, seeing them come in lower self esteem, not feeling confident in their own skin, mm-hmm. having that whether it's a massive injury or a small injury, of just something that's made them feel uncomfortable in who they are because of what someone else has done to them. Uh, it's, and to see the transformation and them leave, you know, to go home in smiles and tears and, you know, we'll do a final makeover, you know, before they leave and ah. take throw them a little party to go back. But there's so much love and caring that you know, goes into each and every one of them, and everybody's journey is different, and it's, it's therapeutic for them along you know with, with me too, to talk through the stories and to share. So I can't pick a favorite patient, and I just happen to n- know them all so intimately in, in their journeys that you know I, they, they all just become a big part of my heart in that sense. So. And
1: you have um, there's a one that was a young girl that was a victim of acid, and she's kind of since kind of grown up a little bit. Um, and do you find that Face Forward connects for for years with these patients and really kind of, um, they become family yeah, with you guys. Absolutely. Because they become reliant on you and, and you're, and is that it's very intimate
2: you know well, because we we hold them accountable we make them do the work mm-hmm. and that's the the key you know Deborah our founder she always said it's like we, we help survivors there's a there's a difference in in the healing journey where someone can have something done to them a horrible act of violence and domestic violence trafficking all of these things where they could use this as the crutch that holds them back and mm-hmm. play a not play the victim but to live in a, an eternal victim state of mind where it's, you know, it's, there's nothing that can be done, and it's a woe is me, and it's the but when you're helped, and guided, and given the skills, and the tools to really heal on the inside, and to help motivate you, and propel you forward, which is why we work with a lot of advocate groups as well, yeah. to help br- uh, with the the initial rescue efforts and the rehoming efforts and we kind of become that missing piece of the healing puzzle so we're the the physical side that is that one little reminder or a big reminder in some cases of what's happened to them but giving them the love and the support along the way to go. This isn't. Ha- this doesn't have to be it. This doesn't have to be. You know, it's not your story. It's something that. You know, it's a piece of your story. It's one chapter in a much larger. You know, book of life in that sense. So, we get to help them through that process and. You know, continue along their. their it just doesn't want to stay today. I know. I'll that. <laughs> help you. Out. Sorry. We'll keep going. Thank you. Um So yeah, it's. Totally lost where I was on that one. yeah
1: so I think <laughs> helping them throughout that journey um, and you were talking about and I know you deal with this uh, victims of sex trafficking too mm-hmm. um, or child trafficking right mm-hmm. so are uh, they might not have a lot of injuries on the outside are you dealing with a lot of psychological issues with pe- or just people who have injuries that are visual
2: well they're coming to us for the physical um, reconstruction but we partner for the the emotional support services to go through that. Um, but what happens in a, with a lot of our, our trafficking cases? It may not be. We've had some yes, where it was a broken nose, you know, teeth had been knocked out, those sort of things. Um, but a lot of them, it's actually implant removals, whether it's buttocks or breasts, mm-hmm. vaginal repair, rejuvenation, things like that. The things that are unseen to you know visually to the rest of us. It, but it's it was something that they weren't given a choice mm-hmm. in that situation. Um, you know, young girls, you know, being taken in you know trafficked and having their bodies modified by their pimps to make them more appealing to clientele and they at that point you know they 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 don't get to make life choices for themselves they rely on this person for the roof over the head you know the food that's in their stomach the place that they sleep and they are bound to them in those deep-rooted psychological ways that are horrible and awful but they don't know any different and it's it's the you know, they've been programmed in a sense to to listen and obey. So when they say, okay, you're going to go get, you know, the most ridiculously large breast implants ever put into a, you know, a small, most of them of age at that point. But we've heard stories of underage, you know, Mm -hmm. girls being, you know, receiving the implants. Um, So they, they have no decision making for themselves or their body and what they do with it. So when they come to us, and it's you know five, ten years later, whatever it is, once they've been rescued, they've gone through you know different rehabilitation programs through different organizations. They're now starting their new lives in school and moving forward, and then they're like, well, I, these you know implants that you know, were put into my body ten years ago, they're painful, they're leaking, they're whatever the issue may be, and then they get to make the decision how to you know they want to reduce them, remove them, lift it whatever and our doctors just, you know, make let them make those choices in that sense so that they're comfortable in their own skin and they regain that control of who they are.
1: Wow. So do you, some of these some of these people that are sex trafficked and they go and they have the butt implants and the breast implants and they they might be kids. They're finding doctors somewhere in the backwoods or
2: uh, well, if they're I would say probably a high percentage if they are underage children that those things are being done in Basements yeah. and things. We we had one case. She came to us. Uh, she was our, actually our first transgender patient, and it was literally done in like at somebody's house in Miami Beach. And just the doctors don't even know what they injected into her buttocks to, you know, make the, the butt look And she instantly, of course, got infected and was in pain. And it's been a, it's, it's probably been like an eight-year, yeah. um, you know, battle with it. And they still have not been able to fully remove everything. But the the transformation and the support that she's gotten through us along the way has been, you know, amazing for for her and to her transformation in life for sure. That's amazing. So, yeah. um,
1: some of these, I mean, it's hard for us in the United States sometimes, and, and I've never been, um, n- I've never known somebody who is a victim of an acid attack, and that just seems so brutal. I, happens I, it's hard, too. it's mm-hmm. hard, I know, but yeah. it's it's hard to imagine that. and. A lot of these victims are blinded by mm-hmm. it, and yeah. they need multiple surgeries. And what have you seen? Like some of these surgeries, are they doing? Are they having five, six, ten, twelve surgeries to just kind of? You know, the, like you mentioned, they have it's long term, and they have these contractions that are painful and mm-hmm. they're immobile. So, how often are some of these going needing to go into surgery? I and mean, this is this is expensive to to Absolutely. keep up. Absolutely, yeah. yeah.
2: Um, most of our cases, I'd say, with, I think every asset attack case that we've taken on has been over a number of years. Our first patient came to us in, she was actually right before I started with her organization. So 2015 um, was the first acid attack patient that we've had. And we've since now had 10, 12, I can't remember the total count. Um, I have three here in California with us right now um, who are uh, in their long-term uh, you know, recovery process. But it, it, every case is different, depending upon the locations of their burns, what's happened to them. Right. We have one patient who's with us. She she actually was stuck with us during lockdown and COVID because she got here in January of 2020, was supposed to stay with us for six months and ended up being here for 11. And even with closures in California, things like that. she left at that time with 26 surgical procedures and a prosthetic ear and a prosthetic eye. Oh my and now she's been back with us now in 2022, after all those years of healing, um, and she's gone through another seven procedures and due for a possible two more before she leaves. So it'll probably be about 30 different surgical procedures, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of you know surgical care just for one patient in that time. But it's just amazing to watch the journey. And the before and afters of her are just incredible to see what's happened. But yeah, blindness from the acid is a very common thing. Um, We're working with some top specialists um, for a patient in Cambodia who they're looking to actually restore her vision with a keratoprosthesis lens, which is kind of amazing because there's a handful of doctors in the world that do the Boston K Pro. And we've aligned with him because he's at USC and oh it's kind gosh. of incredible yeah that's so. phenomenal
1: mm-hmm. you are recruiting the top doctors in the world
2: uh, yeah it's it's what we do and it's what we need and when you find that you know most most surgeons specialists they, they get into medicine because they want to help they mm. want to you know help people live the best lives possible and you know yes there's egos and things that y'all can always get in the way in some cases but most of them at the end of the day are like yes we we want to help we want to do and it's not like we overload our surgeons with one particular you know everything that we do they may get one case a year they may get one case every two or three years but we at the end of the day want the the best of the best that can provide the best results and you know pr- that long-term care and follow-up as needed, and willing to continue the journey with our survivors. There's great organizations out there that you know go into you know other parts of the world, and they'll set up a camp, and you know the, the Operation Smiles of the world, and the Cleft Pallets and the, you know the, the any dental practices. They, they go and they they help a lot of people in one big trip. We do things the opposite, and we're bringing you know a smaller number of cases in but we're looking at the long-term healing and i kind of call it a concierge care package in that sense where we're looking at each patient as an individual healing journey and then figuring out the best care plan of action to get them the most fulfilling life to move forward right um,
1: and i'm certainly hoping there's a lot more cleft lips than or cleft palates than there are asset attack victims. Uh, so, correct. Thank God. Um, so how, in general, like you were saying, that they, they kind of have a network. When people are injured, they kind of probably some somehow they kind of connect, you know, mm-hmm. these victims. They're finding you, some of them are finding you from friends or, or or connections, but how are other people finding you guys? Are they just kind of doing uh, they're web They're finding searches? us
2: online. They find us through social media. They see news stories on, you know, press pieces, things that have been done out there. Um, there's any number of different ways that, you know they, they come about finding us, but what we have found is particularly with patients in other countries, we align with local organizations to make sure that they have a support team. Uh, Because the first time we took on, you know, a couple of individuals came to us directly, but then we realized it's like when they left us, they didn't have Mm. family and friends and organizations there to help them kind of continue building and going forward and things like that. So we learned really quickly that we needed those groups as partners to help them through the journey and the process. And for those that come to us without family Um, Which happens a lot that's even in the in the US We'll get patients that don't have a family member that can come with them for surgical care so we have a lot of um, peer support from other patients who happen to live in the area who will come and you know, sit with them, share their stories, that sort of thing. Um, Our volunteers, our board members, committee members and things like that, they'll come and take the patients for social time and and efforts like that. So it's really just, we want them to, again, feel loved and supported through the whole process and make sure that they have that not only when they're with us for Mm -hmm. surgery, but when they return home so that they can meet their commitment of, you know, paying it forward to others.
1: Oh, that is amazing. And it's, I think it's so important that people who have been through something like this can relate and can connect with somebody else who's already been through it. Yeah. And, That's they're, and they're making it, and they're surviving,
2: and they're going on. Absolutely. That's one of the beautiful things that I've seen because we've, we have started, um, when patients are coming for surgery, housing two survivors in an apartment. they get a two-bedroom apartment. So they're roommates for a certain amount of time. Um, some of them longer term, some of them for, you know, just a number of days, some of them could be months, and to watch the relationships that build from that. And they're coming from different countries, speaking different languages, helping each other speak English better because they've, you know, they're like, they, they, they may not be perfect, but they can help correct each other <laughs> when, <laughs> when they're trying each- to communicate. <laughs> so it's been an amazing thing to really watch. And that actually was something that we started doing during covid um, to really, you know, give that opportunity for them to uh, share space, um, because we stopped utilizing apartments—I mean, uh, hotels or you know things like that—when we started renting consistently for you know shared housing units, wow. um, and we've just seen just beautiful things become of it. Which is why our our goal ultimately is to end up with a housing setting where we can have. Patient care, all under one roof. We can have administrative offices in the space. We can do all those things collectively. We can do in-house therapy, um, you know, all those things that come with you know, organizations like the Ronald McDonald House who yeah. align with us. It. It's yeah. it's beautiful work, and we can see, you know, what can you know really be done, and how much more supported patients can be in that process when you have that safe space for their healing. So yeah. it's you know it's in the in the works and the plans and the the future goals for the organization. So.
1: I, I I love that because my husband and I have been involved with Ronald McDonald House for a while, mm-hmm. and um, that I think is, is like don't reinvent the wheel. Mm-hmm. They've done a great job with having everybody in you know in the home and having every, all those support structures there and everything you need right. in that one home setting. That one kind mm-hmm. of a, it's like a it's like a. Um, like a college dorm, yeah. almost, you know. Absolutely. But you've got kitchens, and you've got therapy, mm-hmm. and you've got playtimes, and you got whatever. So I think um, I think that setting that would be wonderful, and then these people can connect and and, mm-hmm. and really support each other. And having the therapist there. Now, my other question is: This is all very expensive. I mean, the therapy, the physicians, the ancillary service. Are they working um, for free? Are they getting paid? Are they the surgery centers? Things like that. How is how are how is faceward
2: you know, affording all of this because it's very expensive. So Absolutely. how is that done? Our doctors donate their time and services. They're paying, you know, they're, that is, and that's the bulk of the expense is, you know, when you look at, you know, surgical bills that come through, yes. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lofty thing. I say, we, we have say 15 patients a year And that can be easily $1.5 million in donated surgery. Mm -hmm. Um, But we have surgery centers. Some of our doctors have their own surgery centers in their offices. So that makes it easier for us. Um, The anesthesiologist will either donate time and or discount services. If we go out to a different surgical center, then we're covering the surgical center center fees, which again, most of them will give us a pre-negotiated rate because of what we do. Um, We've got... Uh, the other area, I mean the medical appliances, you, again, same situation, a lot of doc, a lot of the, you know product lines will donate the product for us and or reduce it. Um, prescriptions, we can get some donated, others it's, you know, we pay those out of pocket for the patient. But at the end of the day it's, you know, we're covering the, the bigger costs for them, which is that getting them here. Getting them a place to stay while they're going through it because California is not a cheap place to be, we know Mm -hmm. this. And to get this top of the line care, it's you know, it, it could easily be hundreds of thousands of dollars for anybody if they had to attempt to pay this out of pocket. And we're looking at individuals who come to us either uninsured or you know, just without means, some unemployed, some you know, just from parts of the world where this would not even be an opportunity to even be connected with a physician of these calibers. So it's, yeah, it's a, an amazing yeah. process and an amazing you know, thing that you know, Deborah really, when she started the organization and the way you know, built and developed over the years. And then we started really growing our doctor base by reaching out, doing pre-COVID world, started the you know doctor's open houses where we'd bring you know, our current physicians in together to meet new doctors, to tell them kind of how they could get involved. And now it's a lot of direct outreach and Good. just connecting and, you know, we align with a physician like Dr. Rorick and mm-hmm. he's out teaching, you know, surgeons how to, you know, do what they do in a lot of ways. So yes. getting your, you know, organization on the mouths of those people who are, you know, connecting for you on a global scale. We have a partnership with Revision Skincare as well in that sense. So they've been amazing advocates for us the past couple of years and they talk about us to all their doctors and Excellent. it's, it's, I'd say probably... In the past year and a half, the the physicians that have been stepping up has been I can't keep up with them anymore. <laughs> I think you
1: know, I, I, and I and I don't doubt that because I think that that any of us any of us that work in healthcare in our hearts are there for our patients. We're not there for the money. We're there for our patients. And I think any of us that are there for our patients, this is just like, how do I sign up? <laughs> so so kind of tell me how, and our, most of our viewers are in the aesthetic realm. So we've got doctors, nurses, PAs, nurse practitioners, medical aesthetic um, individuals, estheticians watching now. So kind of tell me how could people, th- what doing what we do, mm-hmm. you know, which is might be the lasers, the dermal fillers, the, the, the things that are usually the more temporary. We have things that grow fat,
2: things that grow collagen, but what, is there something that we could do face forward. Absolutely. It, it's, you know, we do have a lot of the survivors in sort of the tail end of their healing process and it's, it is the laser treatments. It is just injections. That's a lot of the follow up care that happens. So when the patient goes back and, and this is, you know, all over the US as well, it could be something as simple as they need some catalog injections or Botox or, you know, whatever it is just to continue to, you know, help with the reducing of the, the contracture and the scars and things mm-hmm. like that. And laser treatments for scarring. And those are the things that, you know, the aesthetic community in all parts of the world can do to step up in the simpler, easy ways. I get patients just, they've never had a facial before in their lives. And so after Uh going through something, Uh but it's important knowing the difference in in skin types and treating scars Mm -hmm. and burns and all of those. So, you know, having that knowledge or information, we we need, uh, you know, microneedling and, you know, new eyebrows and lashes, like all of the things that, you know, for, you know, some people get them done cosmetically just because, well, this is because they've, you know, had theirs literally burned and and melted away. So there's, you know, a lot of opportunities in that sense. Our surgeons of course are the key primary piece Mm -hmm. of the puzzle because it's the surgery that goes along with it, but we do get requests for a lot of smaller things as well. Wow.
1: So, um, say if somebody wanted to volunteer their time or services, how would they go about doing that?
2: Uh, they can reach out through our website or social media or any of the above. I'm kind of the person they need to holler at, so um, it's faceforwardintl.org. Um, on social media, we're at faceforwardla. LA. Um, and yeah and they can email is me. Is that faceforward.assistant.gmail. Oh, I should be faceforward.mandy at gmail but it's okay that okay. one will get forwarded to or me. Or faceforward.mandy <laughs> there you go just go to the
1: top you guys faceforward.mandy at gmail.com mm-hmm. um, yeah we'll just go to the top <laughs> mm-hmm. but I think that I think that it's this is just it's great information it is um, I think a lot of us think that you know we could help in some way but but we can't do everything. So donation wise, mm-hmm. a lot of us are in the position where we can help donate. We yeah. can donate our time. We can donate our expertise, our experience, but financial donations are needed also. Absolutely. So that's something that is needed to be on a continual basis. Absolutely. And do you have the ability set up like, here's how, here's what I like. <laughs> if you let me just do it every month and let it go mm-hmm. to my charge card, I'm all golden because oh, yeah. I just. You know, do you have something like that where people can donate? Yes,
2: if they go through our website the same way, and I think you had the QR code up there. Oh. Um, but it, yeah, if you go to the donate tab on our page, you can set it up weekly, mo- or I think it's monthly, annually, one time, awesome, um, that sort of thing. Make Memorial it easy. Exactly. One stop shop. I love it. <laughs> I love that. I
1: think I love the opportunity for, for doing that. Um, now, can can anybody do a fundraiser for this, uh, like? You know a lot of us would maybe in our own states or cities mm-hmm. like to do something where we could fundraise how Absolutely. could we do that for you guys? yeah
2: and we actually have groups that reach out all the time and it's because they they've learned about us and they just want to do something and you know i'm i can't necessarily be every single event all across but i'm always happy to provide materials and support you know to help you know help them kind of raise the awareness but we've seen groups do you know percentage of sales events or they do you know just a general, you know, they raffle prizes for a, you know, a Botox and fillers party or whatever they may do within their own practices. Um, but yeah, all they, just reach out, connect, say, hey, here's an idea I've got. We have people that have done, you know, dinner parties in their own homes. And if, if it's in a space regionally where I can, you know, I have a patient that is willing to come speak, I can help coordinate that. Or we can, you know, send somebody out to do that as well, send materials, Um, do virtual communications because of today's world we know that can happen easily oh yeah Um, but yeah there's lots of ways to do that and it's just you know we need willing hearts you know to step up and do that and they can be done anywhere in the world I love
0: that I
1: love that now do you have any um, fundraisers that are say planned through your organization Mm -hmm. that people could come to and, and Meet everybody and maybe donate at Absolutely. the same time. Absolutely.
2: We actually just had two events in Dallas this past weekend. We had a, <laughs> a comedy event and a, a sip and shop brunch with our um, Dr. Tiffany Moon. She's one of the new anesthesiologists who's aligned with us in Dallas. Um, she was a former housewife of Dallas, ah. a real housewife of Dallas. Um, so she did a, a brunch event with our partners at Olivela. Um, but we also have our Laugh It Forward comedy event here in Los Angeles coming up November 28th. Um, that's our first big in-person event since 2019. So we're kind oh. of excited. to. It was always our, our annual gala and our comedy events. And the, the comedy shows a couple hundred people. about 250, I think, is the capacity at the club. So um, it, it's a great night. We know that what we deal with is a, a very heavy and dark subject mm-hmm. matter. So we try to keep our events as... Upbeat and positive as 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 possible because you know the we want our survivors thriving and celebrated. We don't want to you know focus on the horrible things that happen. We want to focus on the, the good things and the moving forward and doing great things in the world. So
1: I uh, one thing that you said a little bit earlier earlier that I just it just it it struck me was that how they can get stuck in their own self and they just you just you're just why me and this happened to mm-hmm. me and. And bringing them out of that, it's like you're circling down the toilet bowl, and you're just picking them up, and you're taking them out, and you're not letting them circle down mm-hmm. there anymore. It's like that's done. You were there for a while, but you're out of that now. Yeah. So we're what's behind us is behind us. We we going forward, yeah. and I'm hearing that in you so strongly mm-hmm. that that it's it's so it's so supportive, and it's it's changing the inside, it's yeah. changing that whole thought process. So there's a lot of therapy involved. Mm-hmm. Um, they you have therapists on
2: staff or people available to come in. We have um, partners locally that we work with who see our patients when they're in town for their surgical care. We try to make sure, and in some cases, and depending on where they're coming from in the world, that may not have ac- as easy access to therapists. But when they're U.S. based, then we will give them referral sources to start therapy months in advance of ever coming to us. Most okay. of them, I'd say, probably if they've if they've come to us they've already started therapy at some point. Um, and like I say, it, I don't think that we've had a patient that it's not been a year plus more since they've left whatever their violent situation was. They've gotten other resources and help and support, and then they've come to us. Um, because most of those that are any earlier in their healing process, they, they might not do the work. You tell them there's an application to fill out. You tell them that they have to be in therapy. Some people just aren't ready to face that for themselves. I had a patient once. She reached out. She was a trafficking survivor. And I said, okay, here's what's required. Here's what you have to do, blah, blah, blah. Sent her the application. Six months went by and never, I had never heard from her. And I was like, and that happens a lot. For every one app, or For every 10 I send out, I may get one back. Because, mm-hmm. again, some people just mm-hmm. aren't at that space where they can do the work. And six months later, she calls me up and she said, I'm sending you over my paperwork now. And I said, oh, I said, I was getting worried. I didn't hear from you for a while. And she said, well, you told me I needed to be in therapy. And at first I was like, eh, I didn't want to do it. She said, but then I got into therapy and then I realized I'm not ready for surgery yet because I wasn't, she's like, I hadn't healed enough <sighs> from you know my trauma to get myself prepared. So she went through six months of therapy before she reached the point, she and her therapist decided that she was actually ready to move forward with having her, her surgery done. So, and now she's one of our a- patient advocacy board members. She's amazing. She's a speaker. She's, you know, teaching other That so was right. the
1: other thing I wanted to ask for you. We're almost done, but I wanted to ask you real quickly was some of these victims have come full circle and they're better, they're doing good things. They've done wonderful things with their lives since. And they're becoming advocates. So, are they working for Face Forward?
2: They or? don't work for us. They just support the organization because that's what they agreed to do. Mm-hmm. We have, when our patients come in, we have them sign a, a form that says, in exchange for surgical care, you agree to pay it forward. You're going to share your story in whatever way is safe and, and comfortable for you to do. Because some people aren't willing or are comfortable public speaking, regardless of what's happened to them. Um, some of them, it could be a safety and security issue because they're. Abuser may not have ever been incarcerated. They could be on the loose. They could just be you know knowing we've had We have so many cases. They've had their families get death threats and things like that So it's you know any number of things could keep them from doing very public ways Mm -hmm. But they can write a story anonymously. They can share inspirational thoughts we have a book that I pass on to every patient as they come through just it's an inspirational quotes book kind of thing and i have them write their own personal notes to each other to share about their journey so they get to see in this book a collection of you know things and i was like whatever speaks to you what, while you're reading it write your note on that page and they'll write to each other you know messages of you know cheering each other on and supporting wow. each other so it's it's amazing to be a part of you know their process and their healing
1: you see so many roses bloom mm-hmm. you know they come and they're all closed up and afraid and I'm yeah. sure, and um yeah and you just see so many roses bloom i think it's what an amazing amazing foundation.
2: i feel selfish some days i say it a lot i was like i feel selfish because i feel so good about the work that i do yeah. but i know that it is you know life changing in so many ways it's been life changing for me just you know my own personal transformation journey that went through just being a part of the organization at the perfect time in life and, you know, healing process for myself. So yeah, it's, you know, you can can look at it in all different directions, but at the end of the day, if we're helping, I've always said it since I was very young, it's like, if I can help change one life in this world, then I know I've done my job on this planet. So that I can sit and help, you know, dozens, hundreds, thousands, millions, however, you know, we are able to impact the organization. One Love by it. one, It'd be yep.
1: overwhelming if you looked at them all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I know you guys are out there, and this is this is um, this is just heavy stuff, and it's just it's so it's um, it's very touching, and I think it could be it's very personal because I think that we all realize that there's something we can do to help. Mm-hmm. So I want to to request that you guys think about sending a donation in to to Face Forward. Think about supporting a cause like this. Um, you'll see the QR code, scan that with your phone, or go to faceforward.mandy at gmail.com and message Mandy and she'll get back to you. But but I really I really challenge you to to donate to an organization like this that is doing something that is in the realm of our aesthetic specialty. Um, because as people it's people, it's, it's those ones that we care about so deeply. And this is much more than what we do on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been lucky enough to have a patient who was a trauma victim and help her through and see a life change. Yeah. And she, um, she looked at me and she said, Lori, I don't mean to downplay what you do, but she said, this is what you should be doing. And it opened my eyes to more than just the wrinkles and it's helping that person become who they want to be on the inside. Mm-hmm. So I got a little tiny peek at that with my patient, but it's, um, um, she's an inspiration to me, but I'm sure a lot of the patients are inspirations yeah. to you too. So I, I, I'm asking you guys to please think about donating to a, an organization like this. I think it's wonderful, it's life changing, it's helping others, and that's what we are here to do. That's what we are, God's called us here to do this for mm-hmm. a reason. So we are here to do this, you guys. So you can also volunteer for the, for the organization. So email Mandy and ask if you could be utilized in some way to either have a fundraiser to be utilized by Facebook in your state or in your area somehow. Um, believe me, I, I'll resend my email to you. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I, I think it's just a wonderful thing. So please consider that. Please consider that. I think it's absolutely wonderful, wonderful to do. Thank you. I I appreciate you being here so much,
2: Mandy. I appreciate the opportunity to share with everybody and speak about what we do. I appreciate it. Thank 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 you. Thank you so much. Well,
1: that was our podcast for today.
0: Well, be sure to check out our other episodes. And as always, thank you for tuning in to the Aesthetic Immersion Podcast.
1: Catch you next time.